in the book, first you have to row a little boat. Uh, author and sailor Richard Bode shares about his lifelong love of sailing. He says, the hurricane, the typhoon, the sudden storm are all sharp reminders of how puny, how tiny we are in comparison to the forces of nature. He continues talking about how sailing is like a metaphor for life. He says, you and I are not in total charge of our fate. Uh, we're not. We're not in firm control. We're subject to death, to accident, to disease. We can, without warning, lose love, work, and home. Some of you might be thinking, oh, this isn't the right Sunday to show up to church. Uh, but that's what happened to Richard Bode, the guy who wrote this book. First, his parents died in an accident, and then his 30-year marriage ended. He reflects on this in his book on how a lovely Sunday school teacher taught him, like kind of how we, we learn today that there is a loving God who's in control of the forces of nature. Uh, but he says, the more I sailed, the more convinced I became that life was a lot more confused and chaotic than my Sunday school teacher dared to admit. Uh, in, this, in this story here, one of the lines Jesus' friends use is, Jesus, why are you sleeping? We're dying here. Why are you sleeping? Don't you care about us? No, no, don't. Uh, don't you care about us? Anyone who hears that from the disciples, you, you have to, it has to hit your heart. Because each one of us at some time or another have had to ask that ourselves. Uh, Jesus, don't you, don't you care? Can't you see? And in this passage, this Bible passage that I'm right about to read, uh, we, we see that Jesus' power, we see his un, unmatchable power, uh, and we see his uncontrollable power. I, I want to read this Bible passage here from, from Mark, the one we just acted out here from Mark 4. That day when evening came, he said to his friends, his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And then a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? What they said to you. They said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Because no. your, your head was sleeping on the cushion. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, he got up. Jesus got up. Remember when you got up? Yeah. And you put your hands up? And you said, be still? And then, psh, everything was still. The waves stopped. And people stopped throwing water at you with the sponges. Yeah, that was sweet, eh? And then Jesus said, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? That's what he said. 
And then all, all of his friends, they said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Um, we want to talk about Jesus' unmatched power. <clears throat> this whole thing was cute, and then it kind of got a little out of hand, but it was cute. Uh, this hurricane-like thunderstorm in this passage was not cute. Uh, we have Jesus dealing with people who were experienced fishermen. They had fished before. They had been out in the water before. They had seen storms before. This was not new. But this was a storm unlike any other storm. And they were drowning. They were drowning. And it was not a peaceful day for them. And we read, we read that they, when they wake Jesus, they say, don't you care? We're dying. And he awoke and he said, be still. And psh, everything was still. The wind and the waves obeyed him. The water all of a sudden was like glass. You could see your face in it. How? Jesus did not pull out his phoenix feather wand like Harry Potter. Uh, there's no spell. There's no calling on some higher power in the name of stop. And that's in the legends. That's how it happens. In the name of such and such, be still. There's no ritual here. He speaks to a hurricane, and he says, be still. He speaks to it like it's a dog. Sit and stay. And it stops. This is the kind of power that we see in this story. And one preacher, he paraphrased what was going on, and it was, Jesus was, it was like he was saying, I'm not calling on a higher power because I am the higher power. I'm not someone who has power. I'm power itself. Anything that has power, has power on loan from me. And, and this is an amazing claim. And then this is what the disciples said. They said, who is this? Who is this? This is not just unmatched power. It's uncontrollable power. The boat is filling with water. And they're about to die. And they say, Jesus, don't you care? And perhaps that's you this morning. Jesus, don't you care? In some storm, and you're asking, Jesus, don't you care? If you cared, this boat wouldn't be sinking. If you cared, I wouldn't be facing this. And what does Jesus say? Well, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I was sleeping on the job. Sorry about that. Uh, but I, I had a long day yesterday, right? Uh, no, he doesn't. He says, why were you afraid? The assumption is, if you loved us, if you loved us, Jesus, if you cared, if you cared even a bit, you wouldn't let this happen. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You should know that those I care about, I, those I love, and I do love you, I let the people I love go through storms, and you had no right to panic. And you know why they were terrified? They were t more terrified at the end of this story in some ways than they were at the beginning. And, and it was because they saw 
that Jesus is just as unmanageable as this storm. <laughs> Jesus' power is so much greater than this storm. And Jesus' power is so much greater than this storm that's in your life. Whatever that storm might be, Jesus' power is greater than that. Um, you can say, you know what? Well, I don't want to believe in this Jesus. And because Jesus does things that don't make sense. He puts me through storms, and I don't, I don't want to go through storms. So where are you going to go? You don't have to go to Jesus. You'll need to go somewhere in your storm. You brought some storm with you this morning. You're going to have to go somewhere with that storm. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Um, I want to invite up my friends Mark and Natalie, who are going to share a bit about their storm uh, that, they're, that they've had to go through um, and how they've had to face their storm and how they've had to wrestle with, where are we going to go uh, in our storm? Let's give them a warm welcome. Hello. For those of you who don't know who, who we are, I am Natalie, and this is my husband, Mark. I'll just hold it. Suck it. Thank you. Uh, we've been married for 16 years, and we have two daughters, Abby and Lucy. Abby's 10, and Lucy is 7. We joined the Village Church and came into true, real faith about four years ago, right around the same time our daughter, Lucy, was diagnosed with autism. God came into our life at the exact time we needed strength and blessed us with two daughters who are beautiful, challenging, funny, sweet, and who need us and our reliance on God. While Lucy is high-functioning, she does struggle a lot in areas and requires a lot of extra attention, love, and most of all, patience. I always say that if God hadn't come into our lives when he did, Mark and I would not be standing here today as partners. What I mean by that is by raising children in general and raising a child with extra needs can be all-consuming, like a hurricane storm, on almost a daily basis. This means that quite often Abby gets the short end of the stick, and most of all, our marriage gets the short end of the stick. This is my testimony of God's grace. While Mark and I are partners for life, I need God and his wisdom in my life so I can lean on God and Mark to help me through this storm, uh, to help me through my motherhood journey. It is our prayer that our story will somehow help you get through the storm that you might be in right now. I'm going to be, I'm already crying, but I'm going to be really honest and, and vulnerable here. Uh, there are times in my life when I feel like a failure. Failure as a wife, failure as a Christian, failure as a friend, and most of all, failure as a mom. There are days in my life, and at the end of the day, I have nothing in me to give. I have no love, I have no patience, I have no grace. I have nothing left to give anyone, let alone Mark. See, on those bad days, which happen more than good days in our life, I'm empty. Jesus' words, have you still no faith, could apply to me in these moments. When I have those feelings, I get something brewing right in the pit of my stomach. It's not just a storm going on around me, it's a storm going on inside me, a storm of anger and fear. 
anger due to the frustration that my daughter can't do simple things that we ask of her and fear that she'll never see the amazing person that she is because she will always focus on her diagnosis and get lost inside of her head. Other times I am fearful that I'm not the right mother for her and I'm not saying the right things or handling things the way she needs them. Fear is my storm. When this storm brews up inside me, I want to explode. I want to yell, I want to scream, I want to break things, and I want to explode all over Mark. I want him to be my punching bag, and then I want to be left alone. Before I get to that point where I want to be unkind and unloving to my husband, I say, Lord, give me patience. It seems that as soon as I say those words, the storm starts to calm. Like Jesus has spoken, peace be still over my soul. Little by little, the urge of wanting to explode and yell and scream slowly, slowly goes away. I can breathe again, and I can look at Mark, who is going through the same feelings that I'm going through. I can look at him with love and compassion, and I want to wrap my arms around him and just hold him. We still struggle as a married couple to not let parenthood, especially Lucy parenthood, consume and control us. A few years ago, I decided I needed to have a life verse because everyone had a life verse, and I thought, okay, to be a good Christian, you need to have a life verse. For some strange reason, I ended up on 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. The verse talks a lot about temptation and how God will not give you anything more than you can bear. For me, the temptation is just giving up on everything and doing the easy thing instead of the right godly thing. It's easy to yell and scream and be mad and angry. It's not easy to have patience. I often repeat this verse over and over again in my head when I'm having troubles. In summary, the verse can be boiled down to, if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. If God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. God gave Mark and I the gift of parenthood. God brought Mark and I together. God will bring us through this together. God gave Lucy us as her parents. God will bring her through this with us standing by her side. Hello. I can't promise I won't cry either. So, um, As Natalie said, we've been married for 16 years. Um, I've always believed uh, in something but never knew quite what it was until around four years ago when we started coming to the village. Uh, I wanted to come and support Natalie but that quickly changed. Uh, going in the past, we were married young, had no money, not great jobs, but we loved each other. Shortly after Abby was born, things drastically changed. We discovered that marriage takes a lot of work. Nat and I were up late one night and talked candidly. Things are not going as planned. This we could definitely agree on. What should we do? We could part ways. Uh, this conversation could have been the end of our relationship. Um, something inside me didn't want that. I wanted to fight. Luckily, so did she. So fight we did. And by fight, I mean being brutally honest with each other, with what we need and what we want. Through marriage counseling and date nights, things got on track again. Not perfect, but on track. In the end, we saw uh, that this solution of parting ways would not be for us. Uh, in Natalie's words, God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. We won that battle. 
temporarily. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing battle. Uh, then we were blessed with Lucy. Right from the start, friends and family told us repeatedly that something was just off. Nat was in agreement, but, shrug but I shrugged it off. Lucy was doing the exact same things as I did as a kid. Later, Nat expressed that she wanted to see a doctor for Lou. I was on board, not because I wanted, uh, not because I thought there was something wrong, but what could it hurt? If there was something, I knew as a parent that early diagnosis is always key, but I really didn't think anything was to be found. At the specialist's office, we had to describe everything to the doctor that concerns us with, with her. It was the worst feeling ever. Over three hours of expressing your child's shortfalls in such clear terms. At the end, the doctor confirmed ASD with ADHD and then looked at me and said, from things you described, you're right, your daughter is just like you. ASD and ADHD were rarely tested when I was growing up. Then she stated that this was only her guess and that she did not formally diagnose me. That night, after everyone was in bed, I went to the basement <laughs> and I cried for four hours straight. Pastor Mark is preaching on disciples going through the storm. They did not know why they had endured in the moment. Teacher, do you not care, they said, as they were drowning. And in my situation, I felt lost and guilty. Jesus said, peace, be still. The wind, was, wind stopped and the water was like glass. Immediately, Jesus had spoke, has spoken that same peace to us in our situation. Uh, through this trust and has been something we had to fight for. I can relate to Jesus, uh, disciples, when they were rebuked by Jesus. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Sometimes, like Nat said, we really had to go to God to find fresh faith. Like we have it, um, but we need to be reminded to put it out in difficult situations. This testimony has been uh, good for that. As we speak, I don't know your unique storm. As Nat said, Nat and I pray that in some way, whatever your storm may be, whatever it is, God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. Now, I truly believe that Abby and Lucy were picked for us by God. Our girls are totally different, but I believe in God's plan that we needed these girls. These beautiful, special girls needed us as their parents. Uh, <clears throat> that I now see was the drive to fight, to stay together. God had a plan for us, and not being together, and parents of these girls were not in his plan. Consider whoever you are, God has a plan for you too. Trust in him. Wherever your storm might be, he will bring you through it. I'm just going to pray briefly for these friends. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Mark and Natalie, for their bravery, uh, for the beauty of their faith, uh, for just the gift that they are to us. We pray that even now, as they look ahead to whatever is going on today in the family, there's always something uh, that you would speak peace 
We thank you that you do not abandon us in the storm, but that you, you are with us right there in the boat. I pray that Mark and Natalie would sense that. And we pray for anyone here today who needs to sense that. Would you give them your presence? Would you speak spe peace into their situation? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.